Welcome to Quarantine Creatives. My name is Heath Rosella, and uh, I'm your host. Here we are, episode one. Got a lot of things to say, got a lot of things to talk about, so uh, let's get right to it. Got Scott Foley on the show today. Scott Foley, an actor. You know him from uh, Felicity, from Scandal, from Whiskey Cavalier. Uh, he's also uh, he's a director, he's a producer, he's a writer. He's, uh, he's done it all in this business. So I'm really excited to talk to him, and uh, that'll be coming up in a few minutes. Before we get to that, I, uh, I just wanted to sort of talk about why I decided to start a podcast. One thing the world needs is another podcast, I'm sure, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you like this one. I am a, uh, I'm a TV producer and director. Uh, I've been working professionally for the last 15 years, but really making television in some form or other since I was about six years old. It's just always sort of been my passion. And I got laid off uh, back in March from my longtime uh, staff producing position. But as I've been uh, as I've been job hunting and I've been talking to to friends in the industry, just realizing that we are at an unprecedented moment right now in uh, in the entertainment and media space. Whether you're in television, whether you're in film, whether you're in radio, uh, there are just kind of seismic shifts happening because of this coronavirus pandemic. And none of us really know how this is going to end. We have no idea if we're going to be back on set in a month or two or a year or two or if, you know, networks are just going to be cool with Zoom shows from now on and (laughs) they're just going to, you know, let talent record themselves and upload it. And, you know, there's some jobs in that, but certainly not uh, not all the jobs we're used to. So I'm uh, I'm just kind of processing all this right now, just trying to figure it out. And I wanted to have some conversations with smart people that are also thinking about it or experiencing it or whatever. So this is just, it's a space for all of us to uh, to talk about what we're all going through, to think about it, to think about what the what the new reality might look like uh, when, when all this pandemic stuff clears and what the new entertainment industry might look like and who knows what that's going to be. <laughs> so... Uh, I talked to Scott Foley on this show. Uh, Scott is somebody that I've known just kind of casually, really through social media. This is the first time he and I, I think, have ever actually had uh, had a, a vocal conversation with each other, talked on the phone. But he is a big fan of This Old House and Ask This Old House. And I worked for those shows for many, many years. Uh, he actually had done a bit on Ellen's show years ago where he was kind of doing a mock audition for this old house. Uh, So that was sort of how he got on my radar at first. Uh, We started following each other on social media, messaging back and forth. And uh, we always hoped to get him a guest spot on this old house. Uh, While I was there, certainly that was uh, something I was chasing pretty hard. But right around the time uh, where where Scott first appeared on Ellen and said he wanted to (laughs) do something with this old house, he and his family moved to Prague. Uh, to shoot a show for ABC, and uh, they lived over there for better part of a year, I think. So we never got to meet up in person, never got to to get him on this old house, at least while I was there. Uh, hopefully, that's something that could still happen. That would be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, we have a great talk. I think uh, we talk about woodworking, we talk about home projects, we talk about raising kids and homeschooling. Uh, but most importantly, I think for this show, we talk about where entertainment is headed. So here's my interview with Scott Foley. Enjoy. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? 
I'm doing all right here, just fighting my way through homeschooling in the pandemic. <laughs> I am in the same boat as you. I think our kids are, uh, are around the same age. I got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. They both just turned that back in March. Yeah, I got a five, eight, and ten. Yeah, how's it, how's it all going? It's hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it, were, were it not for online learning, um, I think we'd be okay here. You know, we get along pretty well. We got a yard and a pool and kids have siblings. So, you know, they're okay. But this online learning is just killing us. It's tough. I know, like, my, my daughter's the seven-year-old. And when she has questions on stuff, like, I don't know how the teacher taught it. It's really hard, man. I mean, I'm, I'm learning long division all over again. Right. Uh, you know, oh, right, I have to multiply that. No, I subtract that. I, you know, it's, it's these things that I'm – thank God for Google, right. by the way. Right, Thank God. I mean, I, as soon as I see it done correctly, I can then teach it to them. But if not for that, I would be, you know, I'd just – I'd be like, hey, go jump on the trampoline. I don't right. know. <laughs> you know? It's – the nice thing, though, is we're all in the same boat, I guess, right? Like everybody's kid is going through this and there's just yes. going to be this weird generation of, you know, whatever this ends up being two months or, you know, a year or like who knows right now. But what do you think? Like what are you – where is your head with regards to all of this? You know, it's, like, is it going to end? I I hope so. I mean, it's it's funny because we're in Massachusetts, which has been you know pretty restrictive. Like California has been pretty yep. restrictive with restrictive with sort of what you can do and where you can go. But we're not far from the New Hampshire border. New Hampshire opened up today. Like people are going out to the malls and just all over the place. Like I we had a, a tire blow out of me. I was driving my wife's car and the tire just completely busted. I was like, oh. okay, I got to get this fixed. So I put the donut on in the meantime, and we don't have to go anywhere, luckily, you know, so it's like, it's not a huge priority, but I literally spent two weeks researching, like, what's, what's the tire shop near me that, like, what are their COVID policies? Do they make the guys wear masks? And I found a shop that I thought was good. And I, like, before I got in the car, after the guy did all the work, like I had the bottle of sanitizer and just like sprayed it all down and like let it air out for like 10 minutes before I drove it home. And just the thought of like that madness <laughs> for for tires, like how are we ever going to go to the movies again? How are we ever going to go see a, a Broadway show or, you know, get on an airplane? Like all of that. I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, I, it's so scary. Uh, you know, I I want to believe that, you know what, it's just a bad flu. And yeah. we're staying home because – by doing so, we're going to hopefully save other people's lives, not necessarily ours. Right. You know, we got kids and we're healthy and youngish, but uh, there are people who have pre-existing conditions, who have diabetes, who have hypertension, who have problems and who are more susceptible to this than we are. So that's why we're doing it, uh, you know, on top of not wanting to get sick ourselves. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who are, even here in California, who you know, I'll talk to them. We'll do a Zoom call and say, how's it going? And they're like, well, we had our our quarantine couple over. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, what is that? What is a quarantine couple? They're like, well, someone we know who has been safe and we can hang out with them. I'm like, how do you know they've been safe? Right. How, you know, they've they've got a cleaning lady coming. How do you know the cleaning lady has been safe? Yeah. How do you, you know, it, it just, there's an, there's an exponential amount of circles of people you come into contact with, even if it's just one who they've come into contact with and they've right. come into contact with. And I don't know how the hell we're going to open it up. Yeah. The asymptomatic part too, that just like, it's one thing Terrifying. if it's the regular flu and you're just like, okay, well that guy was coughing. I'm going to stay away from him. But like, yep. 
people are carrying this around for weeks and not knowing. And so you don't know everyone you've come in contact with. It's just, yeah. That's like, right. And you got to go to the grocery store, right? My, my, my wife has been making masks like crazy, but yep. I, you know, did we get it at the grocery store? I don't know. I've got a mask on. I washed my hands after I did hand sanitizer. When I got back in the car, we, you know, emptied the groceries and cleaned off our hands and wiped everything down. But I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any of us do, and I don't know how no. long. Yeah, like I remember at the beginning of this, like late February, early March, when it was like, yeah, just wash your hands, don't touch your face, you're probably good. And it was like, okay, yeah. I think I can do it. Don't shake hands with people. I'm like, all right, that's weird, but yeah. I, I can do that. And now it's like, yeah. just stay away from everybody because they all. And now, yeah, man. And I read, you know, I read one news. Literally last week, I read one news story, um, that said the strain has mutated. And it's much harder to contract now. It's harder to, harder to, to catch, yep. which is great. Same day, I read that the strain has mutated, and it's so much easier to catch. Right. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know think, what the hell's happening. I don't think anybody knows. It's just like it, it's this new thing. Everyone's trying to figure it out. And, yeah, it's <laughs> who so knows. so bad for our kids now. Yeah. so bad for our kids. It's it's funny because my my seven year old doesn't really have a concept of it. She's she's in first grade, and so it's like it's her first real year of school. You know, like she yeah. she had preschool and kindergarten, but this is like the first year they're really learning stuff. This is what this school does now, I guess, is we just go on computers, yeah. and it's like okay. Yeah, it's so weird, man. I mean, you know, we we lived in Prague last year. Yeah, and so they went to one school in Prague. Obviously, we, we they went from one school here to a school in Prague. And then we came back, so they went back to their school that they were in before Prague. And we're actually, we just closed on a house in Connecticut. We're moving to Connecticut. Wow. Um, uh, in the end of the summer, um, which was supposed to be the beginning of the summer, but, you know, COVID. Uh, so, so they're going to go to another school, but they're not going to get the chance, I don't think, to say goodbye to their class and their teachers and their friends in person. Wow. Uh, you know, they, they can't have a goodbye party or going away anything. No play dates, no nothing. Yeah. It's just tough. It's just tough. And, uh, you know, we're lucky that they are so young. My oldest is 10, so she's starting to understand it, and she misses her friends. She's had a couple meltdowns, but it's uh, it's not easy, man. Yeah. Well, it's it sounds like you're doing the right thing, just staying inside, wearing the masks, washing your hands, <laughs> just doing what I you guess. can. None of us doing know. what it's, they tell me. That's yeah, right. that's it. That's right. Yeah. How have you been keeping busy? I know you you've you're a woodworker. That's kind of how how we initially connected was through this whole house yeah. thing. But like, what have you been doing stuff during the quarantine at all? House projects or woodworking? Yeah, you know, I've got a ton of house projects. I mean, the honeydew list is uh, has thankfully shrunk yeah. uh, substantially since this all started. But yeah, you know, in the beginning, I was um, I was experimenting. You know, the the sort of hot trend the past year in, in woodworking. Uh, whether you like it or not, has been this those sort of epoxy river tables. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's uh, mixing up epoxy and <laughs> trying not to <laughs> melt things in the process. Um, and I uh, I did that, and I made a few cutting boards. Nice. Um, yeah, we had a, a, a tree that had fallen here, so I sort of uh, cut it up with a chainsaw and milled it down into, uh, milled it down the best I could into uh, workable boards and, and did a couple – Cutting boards, one epo- or two epoxy cutting boards, one just a, a normal checkerboard uh, cutting board. Um, I've been repairing furniture that needed repairs around here. You know, with kids, we got a couple coffee tables with busted legs and chips out, so I've been doing that. And uh, and then a bunch of gardening, which I've really started 
to enjoy. You know, I've always said I, I didn't have a green thumb, but having the time and the patience yeah. and the, uh, the wherewithal to do it. Thankfully, Home Depot has been open, so I can, you know, I make a, a trip there a week. Actually, I rewired um, six or seven uh, ceiling cans in our kitchen, overhead lights, um, which is a bit of a pain in the ass, but... Once Just to, to upgrade down, them to like to go to LEDs or something or that's what? That's right. I've gotten to know my electrical panel very well, <laughs> but it's you know it's all easy stuff that if you just you know, watch a Google video, you take your time, you can figure it out. Right. Two wires, connect them together, and a, a little wire cap on the end, you're fine. You know, it's uh, it's the kind of stuff I love to do. Like I, uh, there's this show that I've been watching uh, called Homestead Rescue. Have you seen this show? I don't think I have. Is that HGTV or? Yeah, it's HGTV. It's pretty new, and it's a. Uh, it's a family, this, this older sort of uh, patriarch and his two kids go around to people who are trying to homestead or trying to sort of live off the land yeah. and are failing, and they go and they fix it up. Um, and I always sort of thought, like, well, I could do that. You know, I could live in a homestead. I like puttering around and fixing things. we got a couple chickens and collecting the eggs, and my wife loves to cook, and I love to woodwork and fix things, and it's just sort of uh, it's what I do. So this this pandemic has been uh, a godsend in that way there aren't too many projects left to do yeah that's awesome it's funny because yeah I, I feel like i'm kind of in the same boat like you know just by starting something and realizing that you can follow through on it and and have something satisfying at the end like the desk i'm, I'm sitting here talking to you on I just needed something simple. To, we have like a, a home office space, but that's been taken over as the classroom now. You know, the kids are, sure. are in there. So I said, okay, well, we've got a finished attic. Let me make a little corner up there. And I mean, it's like 50 bucks worth of lumber from Lowe's. Just, you know, yeah. threw it together, pocket yeah. screws, but like it's sturdy. It looks decent. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then, yeah, right? it, just, it keeps going. And, and now I'm at the point where like I'm looking at the trees in my backyard and thinking about like if that ever comes down, like – you know, I wonder what I could make with that and like Googling like Alaskan mills and stuff, which like I've never, you know, the wood that I've worked has always been like, you know, all pre-milled and everything. Sure. But I have gone down that Alaskan mill wormhole. Yeah. So many times. Uh, it's great, right? Because it's great, man. I got a chainsaw. All I need is the, is the jig. Yeah. And it's uh, like, what, know? five, eight hundred bucks. Like it's not that much when you, when you look at no. it. You're like, oh, wow. And then I get my own no. lumber. That's right. You get your own lumber milled to whatever specification you want. Yeah. I actually had a, a neighbor lost a, a 200-year-old um, California live oak here, and I uh, he called me, and he's like, do you want the trunk? And I was like, yes! And I went over there, and it was huge. Wow. And I found a guy online, local guy, brought his own Alaskan mill. I had him mill, I think I got, I don't know, 8 to 10, 3-inch thick slabs. Wow. And they have to be... Each one is about seven feet long and about four feet wide. They're monsters. That's awesome. And and uh, my neighbor was down the street, and I thought I'd just put one at a time in my truck. I couldn't lift these things. Each one weighed about 750 pounds. Yeah. So I had to hire a guy with a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I spent you know almost two thousand dollars milling and having it transported to my house. Yeah. Just Have to you... you know, and it has to dry out now for about three years. That's what I was just going to ask. Have you done anything with it, or is it still? Yeah, it's just. Uh... It's... Just it's stacked. It's been stacked for six months, and you know the rule. I guess is from what I've read is uh, you know you about a about a year of drying per inch of thickness. So I got uh, 
I got about three years to two and a half years to go gotcha. before I can do anything with these. What do you have for a shop space? Do you have? Yeah, a little one. We have a barn here because we do have a sort of horse turnout area. There's a barn which I've sort of taken over as my shop space. I have, a, you know, I have a, a Dewalt contractor table saw on a stand on a rolling stand. Yeah. Along with a um, a chop saw on a rolling stand. Uh, all the stuff you could need without being a professional. Yeah. And it's you know, enough like, for mo- for like ninety percent of what you want to do. Yeah, it's it's exactly. I, what you I need. can make anything I want. I mean, you know, it would be nice if I had a a planer and a joiner to sort of square everything up and get it the right thickness. And but you know, I can do pretty well with my table saw. And you know, I've got a bunch of hand planes. Um, I have an electric hand plane as well, which comes in pretty handy. Um, but you know, between that and and a bunch of sanding. Yeah. <laughs> I can do all right. Was that like where does that all come from? Did you did you grow up doing this stuff, or is that something you found later in life? You know, it's funny you ask. I my father was um, he was not in the trades at all, but he was handy. We had a a table saw, and he would you know he'd build sort of basic furniture. I remember there was a there was a space in our entryway where he wanted a little table, so he built a little table. You know, he just he just would figure out ways he was he was uh resourceful and you know the main thing he taught me with regards to doing this is to not be afraid yeah there's some genuinely skilled people and i watch them and think like oh wow oh i could at least kind of do that you know i i don't have the the experience or the skill that they have but i can i can make my way right you know? and i think that's what most people um, that's where they get stuck. They they think like, oh God, electricity, I can't do it. Yeah, it's just a couple of wires. You know, turn your panel off and figure it out. You'll be fine. I, I think it was hard for me too. I know, like, you know, I spent 15 years at this old house, and so like yeah. I was around the best of the best all the time. That they always had, you know, the most expensive tool and the highest end one, and just like they knew how to do everything, and and they had the tools to do it perfectly. And for me to to be like, I'm not going to be Tom Silva, like. I can I can hack my way through this good enough and it's going to look awesome and my wife's going to be like oh my god that's the best thing you've ever done and she's going to show everyone that comes over to our house like check that out Heath built that and yep. I'm going to see some little flaws with it but like you know it just it, it took me a long time to just be like good enough is okay <laughs> with some of this stuff like the feeling of satisfaction is the same whether it's it's good enough or whether it's you know fine woodworking quality. That's exactly right. I mean, look, between you and me, I'm not making a roll top desk. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. I, I I can watch Norm and you know I can replicate some of his stuff, but I don't have the and you know Norm's pretty good. He doesn't have a bunch of the, the good shit either. I mean, his his workshop is amazing. Right. But he's not rocking best tool this the domino joint. You know, he's not right. none of that shit. He's just a good old woodworker you know he's he's uh i'm I'm always amazed when i watch him in the shop he's got everything but you're like oh yeah my dad had that right that's not new yeah no <laughs> or even like he's got like the nice planer but like you can get the tabletop one too you know like you don't that's have right. to get the yeah the crazy one that's but. right you know we we have a, a few um uh home i'm actually going to be the one of the, the hosts, co-hosts and judges on, on uh, Ellen DeGeneres has a show called Ellen's Design Show. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just moved from HGTV. They're going to do it now on uh, one of the streaming services called HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, and Ellen reached out to me and said, hey, you want to co-host this with me and, and you can be a judge. And I jumped on it. Nice. Um, but I, I think that space is so interesting. And I love 
you know, obviously that's how you and I connected first. But for me, uh, as a as an actor, you know, I've I've gotten to the point. Although I I love television and, and I'm still an avid viewer of scripted shows. I look for um, not the flaws, but I look to see the production, whether I can help it or not. You know, yeah. I know, uh, you know, I look for, uh, I know what was happening behind the scenes when they shot this scene or behind that scene or, or what the actor was thinking when he was doing that. Or, you know, I, I'm, because I've been doing it for 25, 30 years, right. I'm just very in tune. So the way that I relax is watching these shows that about things I'm interested in, you know, these home improvement shows or these cooking shows or whatever it is. And it's, to me, it's, you know, the, the the genre has just sort of taken over the reality space. It's yeah. really amazing. It's uh, it's so interesting just to hear your perspective that way because mine is the complete opposite. Like I'm I, sure. I have such a hard time with whether it's cooking shows, home improvement, whatever, because I'm just like, you know, oh, that that reaction shot is there to cut down cut down the dialogue. I got it. OK. Oh, they fake that. I can see, you know, just like I, I can't I, I only see the flaws, whereas, you know. Like I can just get lost in, in scripted and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I have no idea how they did this. <laughs> like, what, how did they do that explosion? What do you watch? We're actually rewatching uh, 30 Rock right now. That's our binge of the moment. Um, I, I'm more, oh. more comedy than drama, I would say. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's weird. I haven't, I, I was like an early cord cutter. I haven't had cable for 10, 12 years probably. Uh, oh, but wow. like the last couple of years, they've just the streamers like I have Amazon through Amazon Prime. Uh, Hulu has a deal where if you have Spotify, you get a Hulu subscription. So I get Hulu yeah. that way. Disney Plus, I have Verizon. So I have a free year of Disney Plus that way. Me too. And, I, and I just bought a new computer and that, that came with Apple TV Plus. So I got like four streamers that I don't really pay for. <laughs> so like. It's it was just too much almost like I, I was um, I watched Mad Men and Breaking Bad like 10 years after they happened. And was just like, oh, my yep. God, like, why didn't anyone tell me this was so good? And everyone's like, well, we did. <laughs> like, where were you? I'm like, this is a great show. But... I still haven't seen Breaking Bad. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. We've been watching uh, aside from all the reality stuff. I mean, we're I'm still a huge Survivor fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is which is in like its 40th season, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. And then the, you know, this Homestead Rescue, this old house, the Cape Ann one. Uh, they now have this old house, what is it, Trade School? Yep. Uh, which I love, which seems, it actually just seems like it's old episodes of this old house cut together. It, it is that with, uh, with some <laughs> titles. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's for this educational block uh, that I think the networks, you know, they have to have a certain amount of educational programming. So. Yep. They put some educational pop-ups up, but yeah, they're basically projects that you know <laughs> happened five years ago. <laughs> so. What a great way to repurpose and make some money on that. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then we uh, we've been watching. Oh man, if you haven't seen Broadchurch, it's on Netflix, um, and it's it was. I remember seeing commercials for it when my wife and I were watching Downton Abbey. Yeah, and I thought like, oh shit, the last thing I need is another British television show. Right. Um, but this is great broad church there's three seasons the acting the writing the directing everything the story is phenomenal and i we finished it probably a month ago and i miss it every day that's awesome i Um, love those shows where you're just like uh, i want more i want to i want to hang with these characters in this setting great yeah it's great and then we watched um the show called devs which is on hulu and it's nick offerman oh yeah sure um but it's not a comedy it's a it's a drama 
Um, and it's really, really smart. It's a little heady. Yeah. Um, and takes itself very seriously, but it's a really smart, interesting premise. And there's only, you know, eight or ten episodes. Yeah. Uh, so it was easy to get through. But, you know, between between homeschool and those few shows and uh, my wife and I will get online and play some video games every now and then, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. So I want to talk a little bit just like, you know, part of the this podcast is about uh, the the TV industry and just sort of figuring out, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning, we were talking about sort of <laughs> how life progresses. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it from an industry standpoint, too, of just sort of like, you know, I, I, I got laid off at the beginning of all this in early March. And I was talking to a cameraman friend of mine uh, a week or two ago, and he was like, yeah, I haven't worked since March 15th. I'm like, you haven't, you haven't worked? He's like, no, like I haven't gotten one call. Like there's just no production happening. <laughs> and like, so you, you had a pilot going, right? Like yeah. what was, what, what happened there? What was the story with? Yeah. So I was, I had a couple things going, you know, one was this uh, Ellen's design show, which we were supposed to shoot. Uh, it was going to be six episodes. We were going to shoot all of them in April. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the other was a pilot for Fox called The Big Leap, uh, which is a really f- uh, sort of fun, feel-good show that I was excited to do, and it was going to shoot in Chicago. Uh, they flew me to Chicago. I was going to have a, a wardrobe fitting, do some read-throughs, then come back, shoot all of Ellen's, and then fly back to Chicago and shoot my little part in this pilot. And I was in Chicago. I think I landed on a Monday night. I woke up Tuesday, um, and, you know, there was not pandemic talk, but there was talk about the coronavirus. And, sure. Um, I think there were, you know, 30 people sick or 70 people sick, something like that. And my wife was freaking out a bit, but she sent me on the plane with some wet wipes and, you know, some hand sanitizer, and I was going to be fine. And I woke up Tuesday in Chicago. I had a 20-minute wardrobe fitting, came back, walked around the city, uh, got a call Tuesday night saying, hey, things are shifting a bit. You have Wednesday off. So I spent Wednesday sort of walking around Chicago. Yeah. Um, Wednesday night, uh, I called production and said, hey, what do I have tomorrow? And they said, oh, you're free tomorrow. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. What are we doing? Right. I've had a 20-minute, you know, I could be with my family. Right. The world seems to be shutting down. I've had a 20-minute wardrobe fitting. Um, let's either get me on a plane home or figure out what we're going to do, a read through anything. And I, I got a call from the executive producer saying, we're not sure what's going to happen. Um, all of our, not all, but uh, three of our main locations have pulled out because they don't want any filming there. And, and wow. we had some, yeah, we had some big group scenes, you know, with two, 300 extras. Sure. Um, and they were scrambling to try to find other locations that might work. But 24 hours after that call, uh, I called production. I said, guys, I, I understand. If things work out, great. If they don't, great. But I need to get on a plane back to my family. I can't yeah. be sitting in Chicago when you guys are trying to figure this out. And I got a call back 15 minutes later saying, we're shutting the whole pilot down. Wow. Everything is stopping. We, we Even if we wanted to film, we couldn't because no locations are going to let us in. Um, people were really freaked out. And this was this – was, Early March, I mean, I'm uh, maybe the 8th, 9th, 10th of March. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I got on the plane, um, there was this very strange feeling. You know, people were friendly and, and warm, but, but also no one wanted to, you know, 
don't touch my seat. If you're right. if you're walking in front of me, make sure not to touch my television. Or I was very conscious of where people were putting their hands. Right. Of people coughing and sneezing. And look, we all cough and sneeze every day. It's normal. You don't have to be sick to cough or sneeze. Um, but I was very aware of what was going on around me, as were other people. Um, you know, there was talk from production that you know hey, maybe late June, early July. I think that's probably been pushed to late August, early September. Wow. Um, and I've been doing, you know, a little bit of reading about, you know, these, I don't know if they call them task, for, task force, forces, but, uh, you know, industry people trying to come together to figure out how to move forward. How are we going to make our way in this business that requires human contact? Right. You know, I mean that's and, it, it's close quarters, right? It's it's yeah. forty, fifty people easily for for you know dramas and stuff like you. For us, it was a smaller crew, <laughs> six or seven, but you know makeup people still, right up on yeah. you all the time. Audio, just like it's yeah. And you're in a you know you're in a soundstage, which is a big area, but when you have forty or fifty people from grips and electric to sound and camera and actors and makeup and hair and wardrobe yeah. and set dressers and prop masters and I mean you know there are a lot of people that go into making a television show or a movie and uh, I'm I'm really interested to see how it's going to go you know there was a there was a big shift a few years ago uh, when the sort of me too movement happened and every new production every year had to have a uh, sit down meeting um, sort of a sexual harassment meeting is what they called them and there would be a lawyer or a legal person up there standing in front of the entire cast and the entire crew of every production I did for an hour to an hour and a half talking about inappropriate touching, holding, looks, kissing, whatever it is. Yeah. And we all had to go through that. And I, I think there's going to be not just similar, but much stricter guidelines with regards to this COVID stuff. Right. I, I wonder, too, like I could imagine potentially crews going back to work in a in a semi-safe way you know the people behind the scenes wearing masks and you know trying to figure out the social distancing stuff but like as an actor like you can't be wearing a mask (laughs) unless they write your characters you know if every character now on tv is just in a mask or something like have you thought about that at all just sort of like yeah look i thought about it i think i think at some point we just have to be okay yeah and I, it sounds very simple. Oh, okay with the risk or, or – Okay with we, the risk. Yeah. You know, uh, I I could see – and I've, I talked to my wife about this. This show that – this pilot, uh, when we go back to shoot it, I could see them calling me, Warner Brothers or, or uh, Fox calling me and saying like, okay, production's going to start uh, August 15th. We yep. need you in Chicago, quarantine in a hotel room two weeks prior. Yeah. Um, and – they would do that with all the cast. Uh, the crew members would always have to wear gloves and masks. Yep. And, you know, the cast would know that each of them has been quarantined and isn't sick. Um, but I just don't know how that's sustainable. You yeah. know, you, you go out to get a bagel and right. you touch the railing and next thing you know, you're infected, right? Right. Um, and, and, and you're infecting everyone else on set then too, potentially. That's right, yeah. yeah. And And the truth is, you know, it's not like... As an actor, you know, you see my face, you see the other actors' faces, but what you don't see is, you know, every time I pick up a glass and take a drink in a scene, they say cut, and 
there's two guys who come over. One guy holds the glass, another guy refills it. Yeah. You know, and then I have to touch that. Right. Well, uh, I don't. Okay, they're wearing gloves, but they've also been touching other shit with those gloves. Right. And then I touch it with my hands, and I drink. I, I don't know. I think we just all have to assume the risk at some point and pray for herd immunity. Yeah. <laughs> Or or a vaccine or something else, you know, or a treatment or whatever it comes yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm so fortunate that nobody in my immediate family has any of these pre-existing conditions. Um, I do worry with the news that's happened in the past 48 hours about kids. There's this whole kids thing happening in New York where five kids have died over the weekend. It's right. like it's Kawasaki's disease or syndrome, but it's COVID. They don't quite know what it is. You know, we'd all heard it was just older people and those at risk. But if it's kids, I can't, I can't leave my property, man. Yeah, and you know, and, I, and do you send it back to school at that? Like, if all the schools are, you know, like, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, I um, we thought this weekend we have some friends. You know, our our kids are dying to have some sort of social interaction. Sure. And we have some friends who have been very diligent. And they have two kids who are about the ages of our kids. They all get along. And we thought, you know, well, maybe they'll come over. We'll go swimming, and uh, I'll set up a – I've got a movie projector I can put outside, and we can all watch. And we had, I don't know, eight hours of discussion and arguments and tears <laughs> and going back and forth and right. anxiety-ridden conversations yeah. where we just decided we're not ready yet. Which, if that was um, like a Saturday, like – three months yeah. ago you would just been like yeah. an hour's notice yeah come on over right. no big deal and now yeah that's right it, it, when i say eight hours of fights and conversations i'm i'm not exaggerating i mean yeah. my wife was in tears uh i was frustrated you know and and i am she's uh, uh anxiety prone and this has not helped um and I am sort of like, ah, we'll all be fine. Right. Which is not what she wants to hear, you know. But I, you know, she's probably right. Yeah. Like, you better safe than sorry. You right. Know? Um, I just don't know. I I don't know how it's going to look. You know, I've heard things about everybody getting their temperature checked uh, every day before you step on set, trying to limit the amount of people on set. You know, do you need eight electricians, eight grips? Do you need to write big crowd scenes? Right. You know, do we need a bunch of extras? Can that be done digitally? Um, but, you know, we, at a certain point, you just got to get back to work. And I, I understand as much as I think Donald Trump is a fucking moron, <laughs> you know, they're, they're the, the preventative, the cure cannot be worse than the disease. And if yeah. we have people out of work for i mean people would rather be dead between you and me people would rather be dead than fucking broke and starving yeah. for months and months and months right um it's it's a tough place man i don't yeah. know and there's no it doesn't feel like there's one right i mean like you can look at what's happening in georgia or you know some of these other states that let's open up everything let's let's get back to normal you know today and for me, at least, my comfort level's not there. I'm like, I'm I'm not ready to go back to the mall or, you know, whatever. No! But, like, will I be, will it take two months? Will it take six months? Like, if, if nothing changes in that time, to you know, who knows? But um, well, That's the thing. What if nothing changes? Yeah. 
who knows? Like how do we how do we pay our bills? Yeah. You know, the government has sent out twelve hundred dollars to everybody who's unemployed. Right. And tried to help out small businesses, but Shake Shack took all that money. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they're, you know, we. Uh, in one hand, the United States is the the land of dreams, right? It's it's the it's the best place in the world. You can do or become anything. Right. But on the other hand, you know, we still have friends in Prague. Uh, Prague is a much more um, I don't want to say it's not a free state uh, because they hold elections and all that stuff, but but their government has has a much uh, tighter reign on their citizens, and they threw the hammer down. They said, "You're staying inside. That's it. Yeah. Until we say you're not." Um, you know, I think I wish our government would say, like, "Hey, you're staying inside until you're not." Right. You know, Trump has left it up to the states. I wish that they would say, "You know what? We're going to send every household who's not working." I don't know, two grand a month. We'll take yeah. care of you guys. It's, right. it's tough to be told to stay at home and you can't work. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's such a cycle, too, of like, you know, the, initially I remember coming up on April 1st and they were like, well, if you can't afford your rent, you know, there were certain places that were giving like rent relief and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good for the tenant, but the landlord yeah. has to <laughs> make a mortgage payment. And that's like, right. does the bank then just like at, at some point there's just that ripple effect of, you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm curious too. Like, just going back to to TV stuff for a minute. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen this kind of movement of certainly talk shows and news and stuff has all sort of continued, and they figured out production from home, and you know, comedy shows uh, have done that in little bits and pieces. Do you imagine drama could ever be made from home? Do you see that as a potential solution? Man, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer. I, I um. I don't know. I don't know how. Look, I think there are. Someone will do it, right? Someone will find a way to do it, and it will be uh, compelling and watchable. Yeah. Um, but I can't see more than one or two shows being able to do that because you need you need two people on screen together at some right. point. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you need a conversation without a time delay. Yeah. You need, um, I don't know. I don't know how you, you want to believe that, that these people, the characters you're watching in a drama are all living in the same universe. Right. And it's, it's hard to believe that even though we are, you know, every TV show you see has been, uh, art directed and each set sort of looks feels and, and smells yeah. the same. The wardrobe, the lighting, the props, every That's piece of right. it is all yeah part of that cohesive <laughs> right. whole. Yeah, and we you know, we, we just watched Saturday Night Live on Saturday. It was yep. their the season finale. Did you see it? Yeah, I did, yeah. I've seen all three and, of their at homes. And, and yeah, it, me too. go ahead, yeah. What, what are you thinking about it's it? It's gotten better. Yeah. It's gotten better. Definitely. They figured it out a little more. Um but half the 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 enjoyment for me is seeing how these people live, right? You know, yeah. Seeing the apartment they're in. This guy's got a pool. This guy doesn't. This right. guy's, you know, he's got a, he's wearing a book on his head for a a, a graduation cap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's 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 funny and amusing. I just don't know if it works in a drama. And I'm sure someone will come up with a way to tell a story um, over Zoom or FaceTime or what have you. But that's a it's a hook that will that will work once. Yeah. You know? Well, that's kind of my, my thing with SNL too, is like, 
uh, the performances have gotten better, I think. And, you know, you can see that they're definitely bringing in more of the other trades. You know, yes. people are wearing wigs now. And, you know, yes. th- there are other pieces to it beyond just like I'm at home clearly on my laptop. But it also, you know, 90% of the writing at this point is, you know, the Zoom Zumba class or, you know, yes. Zoom meeting at work or the Zoom graduation. Like that that device already three weeks in is starting to get stale. And yeah, if, if yeah. every show on TV is has to do some version of that, it's like, oh, I don't know no, if I want to watch that. It. But yeah. And, 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 you know, honestly, the networks are going to run out of new content within the month. Yep. I mean, at... You know, it's been down for production's been shut down for two months. Yep. Television wise, uh, you usually have between four and six weeks between shooting a show, if if it's a up and running show. Yep. Between four and six weeks between shooting it, editing it, and it airing. Yep. Um, they're going to be out soon, so you're looking to either some sort of reality that can be done live zoom what like right yep. um or reruns yeah and they're not going to get the advertising money for reruns that they do for first runs um they're going to be very anxious and they, i think they are very anxious to get production yeah. back up and running it puts the uh, pressure on the networks too in a way that ju- i'm just thinking about as you're saying it of like what we were talking about at the beginning of kind of all these streamers now and that you can watch whatever you want on demand and like you know, you can go back to shows that aired a year or two ago or that aired 10 years ago or 20 years, you know, whatever. You can yeah. pull up whatever you want to watch. Like, if if I can go on Netflix or Hulu and pick shows that I missed the first time and, and they're still just as satisfying, you know, I wonder if that, that speeds networks to climb. I mean, network has been having a hard time as it is, and they've been you know, talking about changing the model and getting away with doing away with pilot season and doing yeah. new shows year round, and uh, they all now have some sort of you know CBS on demand, Disney Plus for ABC, uh, NBC has their thing. Like they've all got the streaming, but I just don't know. Does it go away? It can't go away. I mean, I, I guess it can, but uh, <laughs> my entire life has been right. ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Yeah. Um, well, that's me yeah. too. I mean, that you know, I'm so used to being on set, that, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this podcast. Is like, what can I do for my <laughs> for my house right now? What can I put yeah. out in the world that, like, you know, because I I would love nothing more than to be on set somewhere, and you know, yeah, just just in the muck with everybody <laughs> trying to figure it out. And it's uh, it's my favorite place. Yeah, I, mean, right? I love I love the feeling, the smell, the energy, the people, the conversations, yeah. the mess. I yep. love it all. Yep. Um, but I don't, you know, you think about what you can do from home, like you just said, and I thought, like, I'll write a script. Well, yeah. there are, and I've done it before, but there are much better writers than me out there writing a script. The problem is you can write a script all you want. No one's buying it until they know they can make it. Right. And they don't know if they can make it right, right. now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it would be, a, I guess, a good exercise, <laughs> but uh, not work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not the um, same. No, it's not the same. And there are, you know, there. I've talked to some friends, and there are pitches happening, sort of online pitches. Um, I have a friend who was on Scandal with me who has a, a podcast about moms, and they're pitching a show to networks based on the podcast. Um, you know, I know the networks are going to need content at some point because all their pilots shut down. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to be able to make anything. It's a, it's a really scary time. I actually have a call with my agents about the about my pilot later today. There's a um, there's there's a payment structure they're working on because I was like, hey, am I getting paid for this pilot that I didn't shoot but I got hired on? <laughs> right. Um, and they're I am actually they're paying me fifty percent of my fee now, and then the other half once we finish shooting it, which is great, which helps out. Sure. Um, you know, it's nice to have some money coming in, uh, but one episode of television doesn't support my family for very long. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. What are you going to do next? I I don't know. I mean, I'm doing this right now. This is, you yeah. know, I've I've spent the last two months, uh, you know, uh, talking to people mostly in Boston, but uh, across the country too, and uh, you know, emailing out resumes and and talking to contacts, and it's just, you know, aside from news, that's about the only place in in production that's hiring right now, and I don't think I'm cut out for that. Like I, you know, yeah. my, my world is lifestyle programming you know i know that really well uh, I, yep. I could transition to another home improvement show or to you know cooking or anything like that uh and and yeah i've had ideas for shows that that you know i would love to get up to and i've, I've thought about pitching and i'm like like why would i go through that exercise right now like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna write up a treatment i'm gonna spend weeks figuring that out find the right contact reach out to them and then they're gonna be like okay cool and either they're gonna say we can't make it for a year or two or they're gonna say great, go make it. And then I've got to figure out the logistical side of it of like, okay, how do I safely <laughs> make a show right yeah. now? Uh, you know, are, are there places in the country where you can go and do it? Sure. Do I, do I want to put my family at risk for that? I, I don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think so either, man. Yeah. I wanted to ask you one other thing too. Just, um, you, you, people know you mostly, I think as an actor, but you've done a fair amount of directing too. Um, I have both, uh, both episodic and uh, I actually, I watched your film, uh, let's kill Ward's wife. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I was cracking up, honestly. It like the humor in it is right up my alley that I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening. You, you should go check it out. But there, there's a moment, uh, where your character has, has just done something, and there's cake on your hands and yes. you, you just you lick your finger and like and then the aftermath the scene after that where like everyone's kind of gathered around and there's the moment where Marika your wife comes in yes. she's playing someone else and uh, she's like oh what happened and and the woman who's playing your wife in the in the movie's like i love your hair <laughs> just uh -huh. like there's, there were there was a lot in it that I was like, oh, this is this is fucked up in oh, a good thank way. Thank you. So. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you. You know, the the story behind that was it was a it was a script I wrote quickly, and I just sent it out to some friends, and they really liked it. And we we made that entire movie from start to from from script to what you saw for seventy five grand. Wow. I had one camera, and I act, called in a bunch of favors from friends. Uh, we used friends' houses for locations. Um, you know, we barely had any lighting. I didn't have a dolly. Yep. It was all on sticks. I couldn't move the damn camera. <laughs> um, it was it was a nightmare to make, and damn near ruined my marriage. And I haven't seen it in five years. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad that it's out there. I'm glad you were able to see it. Thank you for watching it. Yeah. In preparation for talking to me, um, I like look. I like directing. I I don't love it as much as I love acting. For me, I direct because I feel like. You know, I'm lucky enough to be in the position that I can, and because of that, I should. I should give it a shot. You know, I love what I do, um, and when I say what I do, I mean the entertainment industry. I love making television and movies, and I love every aspect of it. And I'm the annoying kid. I'm not a 
kid anymore. I'm the annoying guy on set who is, you know, talking to the, the grip like, what's that for? Why do you put that there? Why don't you use that one? What's that? How does that bend? Why, why, why is the shadow there? You know, yeah. I'm asking everybody questions all the time. And, um, and it only benefits me to know how everything works. Totally. And to know, you know, this, look, as an actor, I, it's easy for me to go to my trailer. I can come in, say my words, go back. They can come get me and I can, you know, I can sort of shuffle back and forth. But to be, um, to be knowledgeable and empathetic with what everybody does on set only makes my my work better but my time on set better and everybody else's time on set better i was talking to a a, a very famous television director named tommy Schlamy, and uh, he asked me what i was doing i said i just finished directing and he stopped right there in the middle of a sentence he said you know the best actors to work with work with are the ones who've just directed an episode of something because hmm. they know how fucking difficult it is right they don't give me a hard time yeah they if i say stand on your hands they're like yeah you got it whatever yep. you want because, you know, you, you realize you're sort of running the ship, and it's a ton of work. Yep. Um, so for me, I, I like it fine. If, if, if you were my wife and I was telling you why I didn't love directing, I'd say because it's too much work and I'd get paid more as an actor. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like it. I like being able to look at a script and talk to the writer and you know, sort of figure out what they want and then find a way to put my spin on that. And then working with the actors is a dream for me. I love trying to sort of milk a performance out of someone when they're not sure they can get there or it means something different to me than it did to them. Right. Um, but I've, I think I've done, I don't know, five or six episodes of television. And it's also, you know, a great way to get more health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Which is super important these days, right? Dude, it's another union to be a part of. It's a good thing. Uh, well, that's all I got. Uh, thank you for doing this, Scott. This was this was a great conversation. I really I enjoyed it. And uh, this is uh, this was my first one of these. Like you got back to me in like twenty minutes and said yes, and I was super psyched about it. And then I've had okay. a couple other I've had a couple other yeses that I'm going to record this week. And like it was one of those like okay, I guess I'm doing this now. So you got to do it, man. Well, look, I, I'm I know how it goes starting something up. It's fun. It's you know, look. We are all here together just helping each other out, you know? Make yeah. it work, man. I appreciate it. And it's it's of a course. weird time. We're all figuring it out. So thank you We're for all figuring uh, it out. Yeah, for playing your part in that. All right. Take care, Scott. Good talking to you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. There it is. Scott Foley. Scandal. Whiskey Cavalier. Felicity. Maybe the big leap on Fox someday. Who knows? Hopefully we can all uh, we can figure this out. So that's episode one. Thank you for listening to Quarantine Creatives. I'm Heath Rosella. Please let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like, who you'd like to hear from next. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Heath Rosella. And uh, thank you so much. Please subscribe. Please rate. And uh, we'll be back soon. Check your feeds.